So, welcome to I Bought a Football Club. It's been a long time since I've said that. I think about six months, if I'm being honest. Um, my name's Stephen Cleave, the chairman of Kingsley Town Football Club and custodian of the very same. And this is the only podcast that takes you behind the behind the scenes and chats to people about the business of running a football club, which is like unlike, I should say, any other business. It really is. It is an extraordinary business, which the more you go into it and the more you the more you work in it the deeper you work in it the more extraordinary it really is it's just unlike any other um i wish i could tell you more but i can't always tell you more sometimes less is more but this particular occasion i can't but anyway it will come out over the over the coming months bits and pieces of it what i'm what i'm trying to say um but it, it is quite an extraordinary business anyway today's show is got um is, is usually um have a guest on as usual we always have a guest on uh, today's guest is martin thacker vice chairman of chesterfield football club and board member uh for the national league he, he joined the board i can't remember when a few not not that long ago this this is oh, i'm not sure it's end of last year or well, this year this year sorry this, last year it's going so quickly time has lost all all relativity since um covid for me anyway um He's joined. He's coming on to talk about Chesterfield. Um, there's lots of interesting points in there. Uh, Chesterfield got some grief recently about um, putting players on furlough and signing Shamanga on big bucks. Um, but um, anyway, you'll see how Shamanga really got signed if you listen to the show, uh, listen to his interview. Um, sometimes uh, you, you you can do well out of the odd mistakes. So there you go. Um, I won't give any more away than that. But great, delighted that Martin's very kindly come along uh, onto the show and I will come back afterwards and give you a little bit of a King's Inn update where we are. Um, first of all, let me just apologise for the lack of shows and I'll tell you why it is. I've got to be a realist and say, OK, how often can I do this? And I think if I want to do it regularly, I think once a week is probably too much for me because it's not the show itself that takes because we don't cut it it's not edited it's raw what you hear is raw a lot of people say it's raw and honest on the um reviews and please give me those reviews because they do help um you give me a five star review if you like what you hear if you don't obviously don't give me any review but if you do like it then uh, give us a five star review that helps us get spotted and seen we don't get any money from advertising so it's just nice to know that people are hearing it but the the so the show is you've got to you've got to get someone to open up to talk about football not everyone wants to open up and talk about football you won't be surprised to hear so that's what takes the time then you have to set up set it all up what once you're actually doing the show itself it's, it's not too bad it's the rest of the time that takes time so i think once every two weeks is what we're going to aim for um to do a show and i think i can get that 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 done um funny enough the 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 listeners ever since i've stopped recording has been going up exponentially so we were charting in top 10 in australia in uae and i can't remember where else some places i've have heard of but don't know much about um so it's interesting so i'm I'm pleased about pleased about that um and i think i can't remember how many i want to say since i've stopped doing it it must have had 70 80 thousand listens to post the podcast so it's it's got some got some good exposure so please 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 for it so i and i've got a lot of people sending me uh, sending me emails sending me texts saying come on get on with it we want to hear another one so i am going to do them every couple of weeks but those of you that have sent me messages and left me messages um you can send a message on on this there's a little link i think you'll find which you can just leave a voicemail or you can just send me an email to chairman at kl kl being kingsley kltown.co.uk 
Um, and those of you that have sent me messages and you did ask some great questions, I can't find where I've put them. So you'll excuse my admin. I have lost them. I am terrible at admin. I make no excuse for it. So send them again to me because I know that one or two of the questions were really interesting. And I thought oh, I must cover those, but um, I haven't had a moment to do so. But uh, look, there's been a lot of things that have happened. Um, I want to explain very briefly why I haven't done the podcast. It's purely because the workload has been exponentially difficult. Um, I've been trying to bring on people, take on people, reset the club. There's no question I've been I've been hitting some walls recently. Uh, there are some at the club who don't like sometimes change. I mean, people don't like change often. I'm I'm a little bit different to that. You know, I'm 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 always open to change. I think that's the only way you can grow. And what worked for us in the Southern Central Division does not work for us in the National League. And that means we need changes and we need to have the right people in to, to fill the right holes. And getting those people in and doing the work whilst and getting them in has been a, an awful lot of um, an awful lot of time. Um, so that's what, why I haven't done it. So I apologise. And, you know, I've come in for a little bit of criticism. Um, one about ticket pricing, which we've now sorted out. We've moved it into category A and B games, which I think is... You know, it hasn't the problem is we've we haven't really had an increase in the number of people attending since we've put the category B B prices in. Uh, the they've got up about a hundred people, but out of those thirty tickets we give to the Kes School, where we have a, a relationship with on on the house, they weren't being done before. So that brings you down to seventy, and you work out the money you're taking. The money is less. So the result by doing that is that we've got even less budget, and everyone wants the clubs run financially. Um, prudently but it's difficult to do that unless it, it, you know you you increase the crowd if you massively if you, if you decrease the price so there we go so that is something to be talked about but that's one of the things and uh, you know there was another area which well which i wanted to cover um uh, but i'll have to come back to it because it, it, it escapes me and i've also been asked a lot about this uh, this review that gary neville has under being the spearheaded of and yeah i like gary neville as a as a commentator the review itself i've read through a lot of it and i think some of it there are some good points in it. there's no question about that i do question where they've gone for the evidence because you know we weren't sent an email saying would you like to to, to give evidence and or do you have any points to make so it's selective uh, i don't agree with that i don't agree with everything gary Melville says on it because i'll give you some examples he goes on about lots of clubs having billionaire backers well salford's 50 percent owned by a billionaire mr town from singapore not casting any dispersions at all there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion but I'm just saying, you know, lots of clubs are run by billionaires. The reason being, it costs a lot of money to run football clubs. So that's that's that. And then he also says that multi-million pound budgets um, in National League or words to that effect is ridiculous. I don't disagree with that. I mean, they are ridiculous. But the point is, when Salford were in the National League, they had a budget of well over two million pounds. So, you know, there we go. And then, of course, he, he, he has a go at the Premier League guys. But, of course, he didn't do that when he was in um, playing for... Manchester United. Um, it's only now when he's able to do it, so he's okay to take the money when it's suited, and that's quite normal in football. So that's you know, I'm not debating there's anything wrong with what he's done there, but but yeah, for for me and the Super League, the Super League I've subsequently found out was from the British club's point of view, a really a it was a negotiating position as opposed to a serious. Um, a negotiating position and not wanting to be left behind if it was to happen. 
from other clubs outside of the, the, the of England, it may well be different. But that's where it was. And let's be honest, they pretty much got what they wanted. They've increased the formats of competitions. They've, they're, you know, what they're trying to do is, is a protective club, which you know, if you had a tra- um, training standards would close it down. And if, if, it, if, it, if it was under a supermarket chain trying to do the same thing, stopping the barriers to new entrants, which is why they didn't want Newcastle involved. And whatever the rights and wrongs are of that administration, which you can negotiate, you can, or you can discuss to your heart's content. The reality is why these clubs don't want these these larger investors in is because it's going to threaten their own, um, uh, you know, their own stability if they don't make it. Now, I think football clubs that do well and win matches should be the ones that get rewarded. And obviously, Leicester City beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final; they won the league recently, so it, it is possible to do it. Um, but equally, it's very hard to do it continually. Uh, especially with financial fair play, which also stops people pumping money in who aren't betting the club. And, and but, it, but but equally, it does make it very difficult if you look at the National League. There's a league within the league, which Kings Lynn are in. You know, there's there's several clubs. There's one club with a, a budget, inverted commas, of four million. There's other lots of clubs over two million. And how on earth can I run a club sustainably um, and prudently and afford to do that with that kind of, you know, and, and be competitive with those kind of monies being thrown around? Now, there is this... Situation coming in with a million pound, potentially a million pound um, limit next season on prices, uh, or, or sorry, of, of players' wages. That would be sensible, in my opinion, and that that would it therefore mean we've had a great big increase in, in 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 budgets this year to try and get out of the league. So that's what seems to be going on. People also don't seem to be aware that when you get relegated from League Two, you get seven hundred and fifty grand. For the first year, I think it's five hundred grand in the second year as a parachute payment from League Two into the National League. So I'm battling against that as well. Which you know, look, don't get me wrong. I want to be here, so I'm not complaining. But I am also saying that you know, we have to be a little bit fair about this because I've got to be competitive. And how can we be competitive when there's all these other things happening, which are you know great for the bigger clubs, and I have no problems with it at all. I just I just think there needs to be something which levels it up a little bit. I don't know what what that is, but. Um, but there we go. And I think the Gary Neville review, going back to that very simply, I don't disagree with him that there's lots of clubs betting in the house and the championship. I don't think it's one club that makes money. I think they all lose money, forgetting the three clubs that got promoted this year. We haven't had figures from them as their first year in the championship yet, but all the previous ones all lose money. So that obviously isn't brilliant. And it's also not great. So I do see his point with that, and I do think he's got some important points which which he's making but he talks about academies and how that situation needs to change i don't disagree with that but what we don't talk about is academies at national league level that we 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 have no protection when we bring players through and on and that's not right we've had one club not far from us um outside of norfolk i hasten to add who have been contacting our 13 year old kids now the kids i've got no interest in going there but the point is that's what happens when you get good players. They come along and bang on the door, promise all sorts of things. It was all probably a little bit illegal, but then no one really cares. No one does anything about it. And why doesn't Gary Neville say, OK, let's protect some of the National League academies? And also, what about the parents? Because a lot of parents spend a lot of money putting their kids into academy. And, you know, people might be surprised at that. They have to take them there three or four times a week, travel, time have very limited contact with the coaches once they've dropped the kids off, not much involvement at all. They've got a you know, kind of couple of years, couple of couple of reports a year. That's about it. So it's they're not got coaches' phone numbers in many cases to talk to. So it's they're handing control over and then ninety but ninety nine percent of them don't make it. I think ninety nine point two percent. So um he doesn't seem to cover that. He covers it from his own side. So I just think 
I don't mind him having an, an opinion and an angle, and a, that's all great. I think he should do, and he's obviously got a great platform to to make those arguments. Um, but I just think as well there needs to be a little, you know, people forget sometimes where their clubs have come from. And Salford, obviously, don't get me wrong, take my hats off to them, done fantastically well. Built a beautiful stadium there, done lots of great things. But but he needs to remember where he did come from there, and or the club came from there, and 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 there doesn't seem to be too much. Uh, although I do see that. Um, they're talking about the National League being absorbed into the EFL as a sensible suggestion. I don't disagree with that. And, and splitting the league, league Two into a North and South, it won't make a huge difference to costs, I'm sorry to say, because when you chop the travel costs, um, if I'm hiring a coach to go, let's just say, 70 miles up the road, I'll pay 900 quid. I might pay 2,000 quid if I'm going to Torquay maybe just over 2,000. Um, if I'm going somewhere, which is, should we say, to London, it might cost me 1,400 quid. So the amount of savings isn't very, isn't great. It might increase the capacities in terms of, sorry, the attendances, because obviously away fans travelling, etc., more local derbies, etc., although Kings in struggle with that area. But there we go. It's, um, I'm not against the idea. Obviously, I'll be very pro the idea. Um, but uh, I listened to Trevor Birch recently, who's the, um, runs the league and, and the football league, and he, he says he's got enough problems with the clubs that he's dealing with without adding another 24 clubs into the mix. So you can kind of understand it from his perspective too. Um, clearly it needs to be an all or nothing. They take the whole lot or they take none or they take they can't cherry pick, which I'm sure is what the uh, what would like to happen. Anyway, so that's all going to run and run. So I don't disagree with that. So, so the, I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm just saying there's bits of it which are... Which are which are fair and balanced, and there's other bits which um, I think you know it's not particularly not particularly right, um, and um, yeah, I mean real time financial monitoring. There is real time financial monitoring. We have all of our PAYE payments monitored by the National League Board. If we don't make a payment, we have to pay a lot of money uh, this month uh, to, to to them. Then they they find out about it instantly. So. Um, uh, minimum governance requirements and for owners and directors to be tested separately. Look, most directors and owners that come into football clubs, whatever people think of them, are, are pretty good. You know, they lose money, they don't get anything out of it. it, it, it I, I, I just don't see it. OK, I know Berry Football Club and there's the example, but there's not many of them you can give me which of people that have come in on purpose just to be very antagonistic towards the club and close it down. It doesn't just doesn't happen. So... I, it's more that they're bad businesses and they're bad businesses because they're they're very difficult businesses to run because you're not in control of so much. And so that's it. And I, I think, therefore, hammering owners and directors and uh, that is just, to me, ridiculous. Um, it, most, most, most of the problems are, aren't from that. Um, having some kind of budgets to work into and, and, and not making clubs spend beyond their means because they're trying to compete with, players being paid three four thousand pounds a week in the national league having that taken away and having them have a more respect or a realistic budget that's more sensible but that's probably you know I, but i accept the libertarian argument of hang on a second it's our money why on earth should we not um do what we want and um with our with our cash and i get that too so there's there's you know there's two sides to every coin but it's yeah it's an interesting world that we live in and um lots of things going on anyway look um love to have gary on here on a conversation maybe i should try and get hold of him and see if he'll come on um probably won't because it's not high profile enough but maybe we should give it a go anyway um let give him the chance to turn it down anyway uh that would be fair wouldn't it so 
let's get on with the um, the main act of the day, Martin Thacker, and uh, I will come back to you and just give you a little bit of an update on Kings Lynn, where we are. Um, few bit, few things that have happened for those that are interested. Uh, just very quickly, sadly to see our game against Walsall, I thought that would be a TV game. League, non-league opposition at home against a league club. I'm not saying it's going to be an upset because it's a very difficult game and Walsall's results have changed recently. They've become very good. They won last night against Oldham 3-1, I remember, from memory, sorry. And I think the problem's getting back for the for the lads. Uh, road, a motorway shut down, I understand, from there, speaking with their um, COO today. But the point is... Um, it's a chance of, you know, they normally do do take a lot of non-league. I know that their Sudbury game will be the main match. It's obvious. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm sure it will be. And um, obviously Stratford now, after beating Boston last night, will be playing Shrewsbury at home, which will be another one. But I just thought we'd be one of the one, of the one but we're not. So we've got extended highlights, which is all it is, which is not... Uh, not great um, in terms of financial money. It's five grand it's worth, which isn't uh, brilliant, as opposed to whatever the TV deal is, which is probably nearer 50, I guess. But um, but there we go. That's what it is. Um, so the game, the only upside about that for the purists is we kick off at three o'clock on Saturday, which is which is great. So um, that I'm looking forward to. Anyway, pleased that we're in it. Can't complain. Um, hard, 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 hard work we made to get here, but it was important that we did. So Great, great news for the club's perspective that we are uh, for the second time in two years in the FA Cup first round, which is great. Anyway, let's get on with Artin and I will see you all later. Thanks. The show, Martin Thacker, Vice Chairman of Chesterfield Football Club and a Director of the Board of the National League. Martin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Steve. Very kind of you to join me in your busy day, which I'm sure yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's it is. a pleasure. No, thank you for asking me. No, very, very kind. Well, look, Martin, obviously, there's a lot to talk about, but we don't have a huge amount of time. So we I, I, I thought, should we start at the beginning? Should we start with Dave Allen? Um, because um, it, it's an interesting point, because obviously you got involved. Um, from, you, you bought the club as part of the um, charity from from Dave Allen. That, that's right, isn't it? Have I got that's that right? correct. We're, we were part of a community trust, Chesterfield Football Club Community Trust, that decided um, that we would buy the club from Dave Allen. And we succeeded in doing that uh, about 18 months ago now. OK. And what, what uh, the community trust was, was, was going for some years before before you, you bought it from Dave. Is that, is that correct or, or was, that, was it correct? Yes, we, I'd been a director of the community trust for about three years before. So um, we had an association with uh, Dave Allen, who... Um, as a, as we, we all know, own Chesterfield Football Club. So we, we did work with him from a, a community point of view, but uh, we didn't have any association with the management of the club itself. OK, so what would you do in those days? You, you, you would run events and stuff and put things on? And... Well, our responsibility was actually to um, promote youth football and uh, to develop community um, sport and primarily working very closely with local schools. So we... Uh, do a lot of work with uh, primary and secondary schools in the uh, area of North Derbyshire. Sure. Um, but also um, we started to develop other projects and that's working with the local authority to support those young people who were out of school for various reasons uh, to get them involved in sport, but um, um, trying to promote other interests and skills. So we had a project, for example, that was about uh, learning to to speak and we through um for example um media training so we, we had young people involved in uh, writing articles newspaper and media articles but also doing 
um, voiceovers for things and, and almost doing some sports commentary. So a very, very varied approach to uh, community working. Okay, and then you and you and you would get some kind of funding from various organisations for that, would you, or try to? Yes, uh, we were funded by um, the local authority, so they did give funding. But of course, there was an expectation to do something in return, and that's some of those uh, projects that I've been talking about. So, including working in schools, sure. some of that was providing additional training for schools for a fee. Um, it could be providing uh, teaching. Um, uh, sports coaching, that type of thing, um, all linked to football. But um, NHS Trust Clinical Commissioning Groups also commissioned us to do pieces of work about uh, uh, social prescribing, uh, supporting those who are recovering from um, addiction of whatever description. So uh, we, we got funding that way too. Got it, got it. So um, let, let's just take a quick step back. So Dave, Dave Allen, he was much maligned by a lot of fans, wasn't he, at, at, at the time when he was, they, they were quite keen to see the back of him. Was that, was that right, do you think? I mean, because he was there for 11 years and he did a lot of good things as well, I, I guess. Is that, you know, build a new stadium for you, for example? Well, he took us from um, Saltergate to the new stadium, which is now known as the Technique Stadium. So mm -hmm. it, it is a fantastic setting. It's a brilliant stadium. And he did put a lot of his own personal money into the club. And um, and I know that when he came to be part of Chesterfield from um, another club in the area, that um, he had the best intentions. Of course he did. He wanted the club to succeed. Sure. But uh, I think the difficulty for fans is that the club started to slide into some decline we, we we made some appointments that perhaps weren't the right appointments in terms of managers some players weren't the right players and uh, we, we just went through the the divisions we started to um, into a pattern of relegation uh, non-communication with supporters of course there's going to be frustration and that's when they turned against Dave Allen right okay so had he been more communicative you may it may be a different story do you think I think the, the issue for me is communication is always key and that fans, the supporters, do deserve to have answers to questions that they're asking. Of course, some things are difficult because you can't always give the answers that they want because some things are confidential, some things are very sensitive. But where possible, of course, you should be talking and communicating. And, um, and when it breaks down, then the trust starts to go. People wonder what's going on. Um, and then it becomes acrimonious and, and things go from bad to worse. And, and that's what happened. And as a community trust, we didn't want that. We wanted to be open and transparent and to the point where it's not always been a, a positive for us either, because some people have criticised our decisions, even when we have been transparent. But at least they know uh, our decision making process, our thoughts behind things. And um, ultimately, hopefully that's built up trust between us and the fan base. Yeah, what what kind of thing were they criticised? Just 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 day to day stuff. Um, some some of it's day to day stuff, but of course, um, you know, when when you sign on a player or let a player go, uh, they will sure. wonder why. Or that I think when we first appointed a new manager um, who wasn't tried and tested, of course, for some fans that wasn't a a brilliant appointment, and they did question us. Uh, all the issue around furlough, all the issue around. Um, the vaccinations that causes a lot of grief as well and um you know again we were open and transparent about it and um some some fans didn't like what we had to say but at least we were honest 
Yeah, you did. You did your bit, which is which is key. So, I mean, how, do you know how much Dave Anna lost out of his whole thing affair with with with, with Chesterfield Football Club? I, I couldn't begin to say, Steve. It, it, I'm guessing millions, but I couldn't even put a figure on no. it. No, because because the, the ground. I guess he paid for that, did he? Well, the ground sold to us lock, stock, and barrel, so we yeah. we own everything. Yeah, so he was, and that must have cost him. Okay, he would have sold Saltergate, I guess, but he was still would have had to put millions in to get it. Yes, built. he would have done. Yes. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it was a big hit. What's he doing now? Do we know? Or do you not? No, I think, um, as far as I'm aware, he's um, busy with his um, his business that he, he owns in Sheffield, a very successful casino and so on. So um, just wish him all the best and uh, in whatever he uh, wants to do for himself and his family in the future. Sure, sure. He's not he's not staying on as a fan. Yeah, um, uh, Definitely. Uh, he's not been seen at uh, the Technique Stadium, let's put it like that. Okay. <laughs> not to your knowledge. <laughs> not to my knowledge, no. <laughs> Fair enough. And so, so look, when you when you got involved, um, and, and obviously you had the charity set up, uh, were there were, were you the only gig in town, or were there other offers on the table? Uh, how, how there, there had been offers previously on the table. I think there was a consortium that was interested, but I, I don't know um, the ins and outs of that because, of course, we weren't involved in in, in their um, proposals and their conversations with Dave Allen. But uh, we do know one or two other people who were sort of interested, um, but I'm not sure whether they were really really serious or otherwise but um as far as we could see we were the probably the the most serious proposal on the table at the time so um so you were you you were the main thing so if you if you hadn't been there would the club still be there well that's the question um and um my belief is that um the future of the club was in the balance and um there might not have been a chesterfield football club but again that's my personal view and um I think if uh, if we hadn't have come in, who knows? Um, I, I believe that the, the trust has saved the club for the town. Good, good, and and and, that, and that's important. But tell me, how how is it for you now? You, you've got in, you, you've arrived, and your first season, you you were hit with COVID, of course. So that must have been a, a nightmare for you. It, that was uh, not the only nightmare. It, that was just one of uh, several that seemed to come at us. Um, of course, some of it was about financial considerations because we we had been talking to some local authorities who had demonstrated uh, an interest in supporting us with the, the purchase of the club. But four local authorities originally started the conversation with us. Only two went forward with us. So we didn't get the money that we'd hoped for. And well, you've got a million pounds, is that right? That's what the papers say. Is that rather... Is that two, two local authorities came in with half a million pounds each. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and the other two, um, one, you know, right from early on said, well, we, we can't proceed with this. And the other sort of was on the periphery, kept sort of being there in conversations, but never actually came forward with the commitment. So um, that's a matter for them. But uh, we were left with just two authorities giving the loan to us. And, of course, we had conversations um, with the National League and uh, the FA about whether they thought we were the right people to take the club forward because they also said, there's six of you as directors, what is your football experience? And right. the question is, who's, what is the football experience of anybody buying the club? You know, you know, so um, everyone has different experiences. We, we all, The difference for us is that all six directors are 
ardent football fans and some of us have been associated with Chesterfield Football Club for many, many years. So um, we, we've got just as much right to to talk about the club and, and what we think's best as anybody else has. Um, so that was one thing, that, you know, that there were doubters out there. I mean, the, the questions asked about some of us, for example, um, um, on the board, um, I'm there as a former head teacher, 18 years as a head teacher. So what would I know about football management? What would somebody who was a, a chief executive and, and basically an accountant, what would he know? And, and all those sorts of things, rather than let's see this as a fresh, innovative approach of people who are all committed professionals and um, have professional experience that's shared and pooled and and can make a difference. And, and we like to think that uh, we're succeeding in that and people believe that we are doing the right thing. Of course. So who was giving you that grief? Was that was that the National League board or was that the FA? Or? It was a, a, an officer of the National League who um, asked questions um, yeah. along those lines and, and basically said he had doubts that... Um, six people who had never owned a club before, who hadn't even been directors of a football club before, yeah. could run it. Uh, it was almost, a, I'll be honest, almost as offensive as that. Um, and um, so we, we had to had to sit there and, and demonstrate that we did have a business plan, yeah. all costed out. None of us wanted to put our reputations on the line for something that was just ad hoc. We had a proper business plan and we outlined our vision for the club. And um, we outlined that same vision to fans right from the outset. And um, thank goodness that the vast majority of Spyrite fans came on board with us and backed us. And um, because if we if they didn't back us, we wouldn't be where we are today. No, no, that's for sure. And I take it um, that office is no longer around at the National League. No, right? he isn't. No. no, no, that was just a guess. But... <laughs> <laughs> He didn't leave just because of that, Steve. No, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure. You, won't, you probably won't want to tell me why he did leave, but we won't go there. But, um, but well, 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 well done. I mean, so you, you came you came through it. It was a tough time. You hit COVID. Um, I mean, I've never made a secret about it. We had to borrow nearly half a million pounds at Kings Lynn. Did you, obviously confidential, don't tell me, but did you have to borrow money to get through COVID as well from the department? Yes, yes we did. Yeah. I mean, COVID has um, had a significant financial impact for not just football clubs, but for so many businesses and for for so many organisations across the country. So it's no surprise to anybody that, of course, we had to seek additional revenue to get us through a tough time. And, and we did, yes, we did use furlough. Um, it wasn't something we first anticipated doing. It was um, other football clubs that said to us, have you thought about furloughing? Because that's what we're doing. Mm. And um, we said, well, we didn't even know that we could. And we did furlough. Our view, was, of course, was that we should be open and transparent, as I've already mentioned. And we were about it, but we got criticised. And it suddenly made national news that we were furloughing players and um, there was even an article on the Jeremy Vine show and people ringing in to say how appalled they were about Chesterfield FC cheating and furloughing and all that type of thing when just about most most clubs were using furlough in some way, shape or form. So um, it was a very tough time and uh, financially, of course, it, it was worrying for us all because we had to uh, somehow steer us through the fact that not only had we no fans coming through the door, we didn't have all the other things, the revenue that comes in through um, conference and banqueting suite, for example, and all the other things, as you know, comes through 
um, by owning a football club and the sorts of things that you put on that bring bring uh, finance in. So uh, none of that could happen. Good. So uh, that makes complete sense to me. But you were open and honest, and that's it. And that's that's all you can be, isn't it? Well, I, I, I think you know. Ultimately, you know, I think anybody who isn't open and honest with the fans, well, then they're. I think that to me that's about treating fans with contempt or believing that they haven't got the sense to see for themselves that, you know, a lot of fans will look at company house records. They'll look at our accounts and they'll see for themselves. They don't, they don't need us to try and hide it. They'll no. see on in black and white what those figures are. They'll ask us those questions. They'll come to a, our AGM and ask those questions. So there's no point in us trying to be a liar about anything and um we said from the outset we are part of the community we live in the community we see people every day who ask us questions about why are you doing this what's the reason for that have you thought about that well of course you know um you know we're, we're a listening board as well and um it's important for us to uh, be open and transparent because ultimately when push comes to shove fans will not think that we've been hiding anything they'll know that um if we make a mistake, at least we were open about it, and sure. uh, and they will uh, they'll back us to the hilt. No, that, that that's true. And and so, have you made public yet? Don't obviously if you haven't, then don't don't tell me. But what you borrowed off the Department of Culture, Media and Sport for in terms of loans, or that is not that that's not been made. Public I, think, I don't think we we've gone into facts and figures sure. per se, but we have been open and honest that um, you know we we've had to have financial support and we also were open and honest about the fact that we had an insurance payout because yes. th there was conjecture about um, where were we getting money from to buy a player in for example did we have some secret backer or, or was somebody else in in the background even Dave Allen that was one of the things put to me is Dave still part of the club uh, and, we, and the answer is no we haven't got secret back, back and none of us are millionaires as directors um, we, we used an insurance premium payout to be able to uh, tide us over and help us purchase a player that we uh, we thought would make a difference to the squad. Well, he, cer he certainly does. We're talking about Shamanga, of course. No surprise yep, there. And, yeah. and this this was all about because someone ticked a box in error. Apparently, is that right? Yes, it, we. we um, I think the, the you know the bog standard insurance premium. I think it would have just brought us a, a certain amount, but. Uh, we actually uh, got the super duper <laughs> supreme insurance premium um, look by judgment who knows but uh, we got the one that uh, thank goodness brought us in the additional oh. revenue that we we hadn't have foreseen you know what many 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 years ago when i i worked on an options trading floor someone i i, I worked with uh, bought his first Porsche when he, he had bought some options and forgot about them, completely forgot about them, otherwise he would have sold them. And then he realised he had them and, and and they went up in so much in value that he could afford to buy his first Porsche 911 straight out of uh, straight out of his mistake. So there you go. Uh, nothing wrong with a good mistake, is there? <laughs> it, uh, it happens. Yep. Yeah, it um, does happen, yeah. But good. It's nice that it works out as opposed to work again. So well, well, well done. So look, tell me, you've got, you've got, you've, you've started, you bought the club, you took it over, you've got through COVID or some of it. How has it been for you? And is there anything being, that you think, well, this has been really easy or this has been really tough? You know, how's it been? Yes, good, good question, Steve. Um, I think right at the very beginning, it was very tough, and it wasn't just about the finance and COVID and all of that. It was also about the results on the field. Because as you know, we were playing games behind closed doors and they were still going on, but we weren't doing very well. 
Mm. So the early results were really poor. And, um, and, and as a board, of course, you, you got nervous because our manager didn't seem to be delivering for us. And he reassured us at board meetings that he still had the support of um, the players and everything was was fine. It was a matter of time before things would turn, but it didn't seem that way. And of course, there's frustration from the fans. They couldn't see how the players were before were performing because they weren't there. Um, they couldn't understand what was happening and some were getting quite irate. We were getting a little bit of um, negativity on the fans forums and on social media. And it came to a head at the Altrincham game um, when as a board, we would have hoped to have at least won that game or, or got a draw. But when we were in the lead and then somehow still managed to lose that game, which was a crucial game for us, because we were only just above Altrincham, mm. um, it, you know, the question is, really, where do we go from here? And um, I, must, I must admit, I, it was a, a difficult time for me personally. Um, I really did contemplate whether I could continue because it was causing me sleepless nights it was causing difficulties um being collared on the street and people having a go which I, I don't mind that but it was just relentless and um frustration about our own team not doing it as well as that we would have hoped and um, as a fan it was i i thought this wasn't acceptable uh, and when the manager resigned of course it was an opportunity to appoint someone new but where do we go from here and of course all the fans had an idea of who should be appointed and there were lots of conjecture about who might come in who might not and and people banding names around about who the board should be interviewing so what we decided to do was to get some support in we asked kevin davis and we asked lee turnbull um, former professionals linked to Chesterfield Football Club, very respected professionals still involved in the game in, in some way or form, you know, shape or form, uh, to come along and be part of the interviewing process. And that's what they did. They came along and advised. So the chairman, myself, and uh, one other director and the chief executive interviewed. And um, through that interview process, that's when we got James Rowe um, and we appointed him. And, of course, some fans were wondering why we'd appointed somebody from a lower league that wasn't tried and tested. Um, why hadn't we gone for someone with more experience? But as you can see from the results, you know, it, it was a, a good appointment. You know, we, we made a, a strong appointment. We gave somebody a chance and we backed him to the hilt. But it's been a roller coaster ride in terms of being a director in a football club in a way that I never expected. Um, but at this moment in time, um, best decision I ever made. Good. So you're happy with that. And, and has it been, uh, is there anything but you, you found particularly difficult? You know, is, is there any area running in the club that you, you you didn't think, oh my word, I didn't think that was going to take up so much time? Or or has it been roughly what you thought it was going to be? Um, it's taken up a lot more time than I expected. Um, um, and I'm very fortunate that my partner Jean's been very supportive because if she hadn't, um, I think she would have wondered why I'm out so many times down at the club um, right. dealing with um, it could be a contract issue. It could be something to do with a, an HR issue that's cropped up or it's, um, 
you know, you know, there's so many different things that come at you. Some things you can see on the horizon and you, you know you're going to be spending a bit of time talking about. But there are other things that come at you left field. You think, well, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. But here I am now spending a, an afternoon down at the club trying to sort it out. So um, that's how it goes. Is how it goes. And I mean, are you enjoying it overall? Or are you? Is it, is it something you would, knowing what you know now, would you still do it again if you had a choice? No, I would gladly still do it again. Um, I, I, I'm very proud of the fact that I'm involved with um, other directors who care passionately about Chesterfield Football Club and they care passionately about grassroots football. I enjoy uh, being part of something that really is at the centre of Chesterfield in the community. It's an opportunity to save the club that's been around since 1866 and, and hopefully succeed in taking it back into the EFL, but also it's given me um, a chance to go to other clubs, meet great people. Um, it's I've always enjoyed coming down to Kingsland and, and um, watching the football there, but to, to get the opportunity to know you better, Steve, has been something fantastic and, and get to know directors and other clubs really well and, and, and see that everybody else cares just as much about football and want to make a difference. Um, and I, I do enjoy all of that and um, and meeting the fans. There's some just amazing fans out there that um, live, breathe uh, and eat Chesterfield Football Club. And um, and, and they're, they're so supportive. And, and during my year in, in office, because I, I hold civic office in Chesterfield this year and I'm doing some fundraising for a local charity, I've just been blown away by the support of Chesterfield Football Club and, and all the fans that have just helped me to uh, make a difference for that charity too. That's great. And you get some great crowds, don't you, down at the Technique Stadium? Well, we, have, we are getting some good crowds now. Um, at one point, we weren't doing so well, um, uh, but we're getting fans in. They're coming back to the club. They're, they're coming and supporting us again. So we're fans of around 5,000 now coming to a home game. It's We're getting back to where we should be and, and what Chesterfield's all about. Yeah, uh, that's great. And what's your... What's your take when you come to clubs like Kingsley? Because you've got a cracking stadium, um, amazing, you know, just a great history. I mean, Kingsley's got a great history to it. But when you come to places like ours, it, do, you, do you kind of think, oh, God, it's Kingsley? Or is, is it slightly different? You quite enjoy it? How, how, how do you feel from your perspective? No, the, the, the stadium around the National League is, is so very varied. Um, sure. You go to some clubs that have... Uh, you know, super duper purpose built stadium, and you know that's um, cost them a lot of money and whatever. And some that are, um, you know, provincial stadiums and, and so on. But for me, it's not about the actual physical setup. It's about the feeling when you get in there, the hospitality, the warmth of the welcome, um, the way that uh, people are with you, the way that fans talk to you and um, chat to you, and the banter and. Uh, and 99% of the clubs that we've been to, the um, the hospitality, the friendship, all of that has been absolutely amazing. And and of course, there's a little bit of needle from time to time, and and that's that's football. It's it's tribal. That's how it is. Um, but for most people, um, we're all in it because we enjoy the game, and and we enjoy the travel and going to somewhere different and and learning a bit more about the, the history and culture of the place and, and also uh, meeting people in, a, in another area that's just about as passionate as you are about the game. So uh, when I come to Kings Lynn, mm. I know we're always extended friendship and a warm welcome, guaranteed. 
Yeah, we certainly are. Well, we love having you there. It's great. And, you know, from, from our perspective, we, you know, you're, you're a great guy. You've got a great board of directors there behind you and uh, or with you, I should say, yeah, uh, not behind yeah. you uh, altogether. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, we're honoured to have clubs of your stature coming down to, to play football at our place. And, ov- and obviously, you were very kindly loaned us um, Joe Rowley, who sadly, as we both know, has got an injury now for a few weeks. But yeah. that's, that's yeah. been great to have that, uh, have that bond. And, and it's all about that growing uh we've just got to make sure we stay in the league this year and take it from there that's the key bit. well you know i think you know we're supportive of you at king's lynn and and you know and, and our conversations have always been very professional and positive and um and uh, you know the, the fact that joe roley has come to you and played well for you is something that is great for joe it's great for king's lynn it, it's good for uh, chesterfield that he's he's succeeded in your club and of course we've recalled him um, but that's uh, about our own injuries list that seems to be increasing and, and we've you know unfortunately had to ask him to come back um, but at the same time we are wishing everyone in Kings Lynn the best and we, we, we do hope your club succeeds and uh, definitely uh, grows from strength to strength so we wouldn't want to see you relegated. No, no, nor nor would I. <laughs> no, of course. Now <laughs> um, tell me something. Let's let's quickly because I know time's short. But moving on to your board, you've joined the National League board, yeah, which is a great yes. honor, I guess, and you'll be. Um, but let me ask you a question or two. Um, will the national will the National League absorb? Do you think into the Football League eventually? <laughs> That's a, that's a good question, and um, I'm not sure. I mean, of course, there's there's all sorts of conversations that take place about um, whether the National League goes into EFL and, and what will happen. It's not a conversation that we're having at the National League board um, it, because we're too busy getting on with um, supporting clubs and, and doing what we can for clubs in the here and now. Um, it's not about you know where do we where might we go it's um let's talk about the issues that are facing the national league and how can we best support all of the clubs every single one of them uh, and make sure that um that they they succeed as much as they can yeah well that makes that makes sense so it's not on the table as yet it's not a discussion point and what about money do you think we get enough money in the national league from central funding from the premier league coming down or do you think we should have a bit more well from a personal point of view uh, of course, I don't think we get enough money um, from from above. I mean, there's millions of pounds um, swishing around up there, and and I think even if they were on to share from the the Premier League, a, a small part of that and feed it down to um, lower leagues and into the National League into grassroots football, it would make such an enormous difference. They only have to give a part of what they have, and it could make a, a massive difference to every single club in the National League. So. Um, my personal view is that um, there ought to be conversations about how it can be um, making more difference to us all. So uh, they should share it. Good. I, I agree. We both agree on that one. Uh, and, and on kind of the final points with the, with, the, with the National League board, is there an area specifically that you look after? I, I know you look after several clubs, including ourselves, because yeah. each, each board member had a few. A few clubs, don't they? To, to... Yes, yeah, so well, each um, director has given some clubs to um, take under the wing, and I'm very pleased to have Kings Lynn under under my wing. Uh, but I'm also on the uh, grounds grading committee, um, also part of the National League Trust, and, um, and and part of the board itself. So um, it's something I'm, I'm enjoying a lot, and I can see that the directors on the board do have football at their 
their heart and uh, they want to uh, be right by everybody it's, it is difficult making decisions and you're not going to please everyone um, but their hearts are in the right place yeah I, I agree and so final point the future uh, for Chesterfield it's, it's looking it's looking bright I guess looking where you are on the table it's it's a it's a difficult league isn't it because there's so much money sloshing around in it in certain areas and then there's a league within the league that we find ourselves in but from your perspective I guess is it all about promotion well, the thing is, of course, it is a difficult league and there's so many big clubs within the National League all trying to get promoted and uh, and that's the lottery of the National League. So, of course, we we want to do well. Of course, we're looking to be promoted. That's what every club wants. But um, um, ultimately, I don't want to jinx it by saying, of course, we, we're pushing for it or anything like that and then find sure. ourselves uh, in a bad place and the wheel coming off so um we're just enjoying the results as they are at the moment things are looking very positive but who knows anything can change in football and that's the beauty of the game anything can and quick, quickly south end game i guess well, we've had the tv announcement today um we're not on telly which i was surprised about are you uh, no not that i'm aware of we're, <laughs> we're playing on the 6th of november so we're um, again, it's uh, it's the magic of the FA Cup. Anything can happen, but uh, we would hope to get a, a result from uh, playing Southend. We've we played them recently and, and managed to win that game 4-0, but um, they might have a new manager. It's new manager bounce. Anything uh, um, that you don't expect could happen. It could be a banana skin game, so uh, we have to take it seriously uh, if we're to progress into the next round. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll you'll do yourself proud because you normally do. And it's you've you've, you've already played them this season and beaten them four 0 haven't you? I think yes, four 0 So, um, and we we've just had our first uh, game in the FA Cup against Curzon. We we beat them four 0 as well. So let's hope that four 0 becomes a a, a regular <laughs> uh, score for us. But um, anyway, you, you never know. Yeah, good stuff. Well, Martin, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time and uh, I wish you well and uh, Chesterfield well for the rest of the season. And uh, wish Kingsley all the best too. And thank you very much for inviting me on, Steve. It's been great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Martin. Thank you. Thank now. you. Bye. Bye. So welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that. Good guy, Martin. Um, be great to see how it's good. Look, it's a fascinating league. I think it's one of the most interesting leagues for those of you that aren't into the National League or know it. BT do an interesting highlights program um, after the. Oh, I think they do it throughout the week, actually. They, they repeat it. But it's some great goals and some great teams, and it really is a wide open league. You never quite know who's going to beat who, and everyone can beat each other from the very smallest club to the biggest club. It really can be like that. So it's a, it's a fascinating league, and um, yeah. Um, and an interesting one. So there we go. Um, so Kings Lynn, let's give us a little bit of an update. So the first team have drawn Walsall. We've covered that earlier on. So we're in the FA Cup, which is great. Um, we've struggled at home, been pretty good away, but not being very good at home for some strange reason. Sometimes these things happen. Not sure why that is. Possibly down to uh, the crowd, I think. Possibly that we, we, we're, we're definitely under budget in terms of what we anticipated coming, uh, not for the necessarily for the bigger games, but for the smaller games. I anticipated that we we averaged about 1,500 or so in the National League North, and without fans, obviously it was zero, and now with fans, I expected we'd get somewhere out there for an average game, and then more for the bigger games. But we don't seem to be a 1,500, we seem to be a 1,000. We've um, reduced the money to come in. It hasn't made much of a difference, it's just reduced the income level, um, and I just, I just don't really, you know, I don't know what it is. I think it's partly that there's been a um, 
a, a disconnect because a lot of the players that have moved on and have you know the the you know, normally a team evolves and people watch the team players come players go and they kind of get used to the the new lads coming in and this has been a whole change we we've, we've probably got I don't know four players who were there two years ago um, Aaron Jones Michael Clunan Ross Barrows um, I'm trying to think who else was being there there's probably not that many more um, and obviously the big name favourites have all moved on to pastures new so that's what happens sometimes and so that's all good but but that I think I think that disconnect will, will change and obviously as we as they connect more as fans connect more with our with our team I think that will that will alter that I think there's a bit of a Covid hangover I think people are still terrified it I think different cities you go to there's a lot there's a lot it's a lot more relaxed in London it's a lot less relaxed in in in, in, in Kings Lynn so I think that's part of it and um what else? I don't know um, anymore. Now we've reduced the price and we've we've had to change all the catering, which I think needed to be done, um, which is great. And we're going to continue improving that. And we've, we've made some great improvements with the employment of a, a lady called Jane, who is coming in to look after it all. So that's great. Um, she's got great experience in doing that. Um, but there we go. So that, that um, come down and support the club. We really do need it because otherwise... Um, it, it makes running it even harder than what it is. You know, it, and it, it, it's just an impossible. If, you, if everyone knew exactly what one went through, they probably understand it a little bit more. But it's it's hard sometimes to get it across without sounding like you're complaining, which I'm not. Um, but nevertheless, it's not easy. So, um, so that's happened. Um, uh, the youth team um, beat Billericay away in the FA Youth Cup. So we are now playing Northampton Town at home, which we haven't got a date for yet, but we hope to. Have a date, and this is great because last year we weren't in it. I don't think it happened. The year before we went to Ipswich, the year before that we went to Northampton. Funny enough, so um, it could happen on the twenty seventh of October. Um, otherwise, it has to be played. I think by the third of November. So I'm not sure what's going on with that. That that could be interesting. Uh, but pencil that one in your diary. It could be could be could be a great game. And then the ladies are also playing Cambridge United ladies at home. Uh, again, I don't know the date for that. Although I think that has been agreed. So. That's all good news on the on the on the cup front, um, on the uh, footballing front, on our academy. We've employed a guy called David Cross, who is fantastic news, and he's going to shape up the academy and get it all moving in the right direction. Um, he's going to do a report for me this week, which I'm looking forward to reading and understanding how we're going to move that forward. Our scouting division is great. We've set up a, a whole scouting network now. We've got about eight scouts across the country. We attended games, you know, as far north as. The northeast last last weekend, um, and as far south, I don't know where we went. We definitely went to Suffolk. I'm not sure we went to Essex. We may have gone to Essex too. So anyway, we've we've gone all over the place, um, covering games, which is what we need to do. So that's all been set up. Um, what else have we done? We've also um, brought him on board, which I'm very pleased about. David Hutchinson, who David Hutchison, um, who used to be in charge of interim head of strategy at the City Group, which ran, obviously, Man City and all the various clubs that they own. And we're putting together all sorts of things to try and make the club grow, you know, in the, the bigger stuff, shall we say, the bigger picture stuff. And we've got a few ideas for that, which I think will be, if we can get it all together, really could be very interesting indeed. But um, I'll come on to that, more on that at another time. So, you know, that's all been positive. And now I've got to sort out the charity, which is all formed, which is called Limits in the Community. We've got to find someone involved to run that. We think we've got someone on earmarked. And then the final appointment will be a more day-to-day person to control local um, sponsorship which has been very poor recently which is you know we, we've done very well with our you know thank them very much all our big sponsors Barsby Produce, Charmed Interiors, 
been fantastic but the the board selling has been a little bit slow and it's purely down to time and having someone to to do it it just takes time these things so we need someone to be connected to it but it's also important and also the other thing i must bring bring to your attention that we've set up all these after school clubs and these um holiday clubs which are happening in the half term week and you know they're going very well and great 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 um coaches um winning all our games as well um so really really proud of all the lads the under 15s under 13s under 10s so um it's all going from strength to strength um in in that in that scenario but you know there's a lot there's a lot going on with football clubs there always is there's, a, there's an awful there's a lot happening and you're trying to we've got a tribunal on friday with brackley um for the transfer of jordan richards which is a great player fantastic footballer gave the club three seasons of his career which i think is half his career in terms of length um and um that we're not it's not that we're fighting um there's a technical issue why they don't think they should pay nothing to do with us um but i won't go into that at the moment it's not really not right and so that's for them to sort out uh they see it from our point of view and we we have a very friendly relationship with them but um obviously from our perspective we think we should be paid a fee because uh it was well he is he's on that's the rules um so there we have it and obviously we bought a player off brackley this year which we paid a fee for so um it works all the way, all the way, both ways, as it were. So that's that's that. Um, but very pleased with, you know, you know. Sometimes it's not about who's right and wrong. It's just about getting through these things and coming up with a solution. That's what we we try and do. So look, I think that's it. I think you're up to date. Um, I love you and leave you. Enjoy your weekends when they're coming up. Wednesday today. Um, I hope your team um plays well, unless it's Torquay. Uh, and that's why. And I just just for just for this Saturday for Torquay fans, don't upset you. But um, uh, that's where obviously the mighty Lynn are, are travelling down to Torquay on Friday. We're in a hotel down there on Friday night, and um, I will be um I'm not going with them, but I'll be going. I'll be going travelling down on making my way down there. So enjoy your weekends and um i won't do anything probably next week i'll come back the week after and if you could please uh, give me five stars because it helps with visibility and that helps me get better guests or not better guests but guests because people obviously want to make sure they're being listened to they don't want to think no one's listening to them which which, which they're not but you know it just makes the life easier and uh, that's it that's all that needs to happen really and anything else if you want to ask me any questions feel free remember chairman at kltown.co.uk and i if you have asked a question before i know some of you have and i haven't answered it i must apologize i can't find them send it to me again i'll do it i promise you next time i, prom- I promise okay until then enjoy your week thanks bye